Changing Sky, Amanda Neal's novel telling the story of a young girl's journey through growing up, coping with her demanding father, through music, love and heartbreak. Rachel Summers reads the serialisation of the book for Brooklyn's Radio. Chapter 7, Part 2 Weeks had drifted past without any news back from my letter. I had spent my normal time at the convent, doing my utmost to ignore what was being taught. Surely someone could realise that I wasn't supposed to be there. I couldn't focus on any of my lessons, but instead spent most of my classes writing chapters in my diary that I had hidden under my textbooks. A day-to-day account of the monstrosities of my world. My father had unpredictable mood swings. Every day I was treading on eggshells, trying anxiously to avoid him. He was like the cranky troll in the Billy Goat Gruff story. Day-to-day he taught English at a local school in Lille, whilst Beau taught basic French to younger students that were my age. But he seemed withdrawn and very distant. His only contact with me was when he chose to spend an hour with me every day after school grilling me for my incompetence in maths and science. I didn't quite reach the A standard he required, so he threatened me with strange physical tasks. Once I had to kneel in a dark corner of the front room facing the wall and recite maths and physics equations. My knees became so sore that I could barely stand. He often beat me over the back of my head with a wooden heel of his shoe if I made a mistake. The trouble was, the more he beat me, the more I cried, and made more mistakes. It was a vicious circle. I couldn't quite understand what good he thought he was doing, bruising my head. I cried for hours, alone in my room. Beau would stay close to my door listening to my sobs, but she did nothing else. I think she was afraid to. I never seemed to be able to please him, and one day he seemed more upset than anything. I returned from school one Friday afternoon with my school report. I remember it being just like a bright coloured small notepad, yellow on the outside, with pink sheets in the middle, almost like tracing paper. Each nun had written their review of me and placed my grade at the top of each sheet. I was given my report on the Friday afternoon before I walked home. How I dreaded opening up to see what I had. Anything close to a B, and I was mincemeat. There was nothing close to a B. C, 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 B minus, B minus, C, C. Oh, how on earth was I going to deal with this now? What other torture was I going to be subjected to because I couldn't reach the grade he wanted? My head began to pound heavily and my palms became sweaty in my panicked state. Arriving back at the apartment, I raced straight off to my little hole to try and find a solution. Taking a thinning Tipex fluid, I managed to erase what traces I could have seized and made them into A's with a black biro, in the hope that he could not mind the couple of B's that were remaining. In my anxious state, I accidentally knocked the Tipex fluid off my bedside table onto the carpet. Getting down on my hands and knees, I tried hard to scrape it away with the tips of my nails, and in doing so, nearly nearly made my nails bleed. I was so scared that my father would return home and catch me. As I scratched deeper and deeper into the top layer of the shabby carpet, it wasn't long before I had torn a hole right through it. If anyone was listening on the outside of the door, they would probably think I was a rat. I had the distinct feeling that Bo had returned back from work and was at my bedroom door. Slowly, as my bedroom door creeped open, she poked her head through. 
caught red-handed on my hands and knees with my report book all in pieces over the carpet before I could clip it back together. My face went a deep shade of purple. Why couldn't I have sorted this out sooner? Beau marched in and grabbing my wrist picked me up from the floor. She gathered the little pieces of tracing paper in a pile and sat me down on the bed. I looked down at the floor with a petrified look of despair on my face waiting for her response. Clutching the pieces of paper, she began sticking it all back together, folding the creases down. She then proceeded to take the tipex and carry on forging the remaining numbers. I watched with great confusion. Her technique was different to mine, and within minutes you could barely notice any of the B's and C's on the iron-down tracing paper. Before she left the room, she then offered me a cup of tea and some biscuits. Did I miss something? Was she on his side? And so I believed that I didn't need to worry about my dad knowing about the report. He came back from work, had his usual cup of tea that Beau had waiting for him, and read his paper. She waved the report under his nose whilst he peered over his glasses at the pages. He just moaned and groaned that he thought it arrived far too late. I waited to be summoned. Nothing. Nothing. An hour later. Nothing. I decided to continue writing in my diary quietly whilst I waited to hear his shouts and demands. The diary was in an old exercise book from school that I'd ripped sheets out of and tied together with some ribbon. I held another book closely over the top, hiding any evidence as best I could in preparation should anyone enter. The diary was almost a source of treatment for me whilst I stayed with my father. I had the chance to open up to something I trusted. My confidant. That night, I lay in bed staring at the stars in the night sky. I had found it very difficult to sleep since I'd been staying in France. Staring out at the dark skies, I hoped that Belle and Jimmy could see the same stars that I could, and they were thinking of me. I wished the stars were a mirror that I could look into, and they would see how sad my heart was. I felt like I was being suffocated in this godforsaken world that Dad had put me in. I just felt so lonely. As I was about to drift off to sleep, my bedroom door gently swung open. In walked my father. I had one eye open from beneath my blanket, aware that he was not there to check on my well-being. He was searching around my desk, in my school bag, and in the pockets of my uniform. Luckily, I had tucked my diary under the hole that I'd made in the carpet that afternoon. But just when I thought my book was safely out of sight and my father was leaving, disappointed, he got his heel stuck in a loose fibre from the carpet. He tugged and tugged at this until eventually his shoe became detached. My body remained still and numb, scared at the thought of him finding it. He did. And so it transpired that my mould was turned upside down again, not from the fact that I had forged my school report, but because he had discovered my diary. All of my wretched thoughts of him were enclosed. I had even drawn a picture of him with my red biro as a devil with hairy ears and holding a sharp pitchfork. It was the only vision I had of him in my head. Now the devil had walked out of my room with all of my wildest dreams and desperate thoughts laid out. There was nothing I could do to stop him. How could I? Swallow me, swallow me, swallow me up whole right now, I pleaded to the stars in the sky. Whatever was out there could save me from whatever was ahead. I couldn't bear to face what torture he had planned for me now. Despite the two shabby blankets that Beau had given me, I started to shiver in my bedsheets and my teeth chattered repeatedly. I didn't sleep that night.
When I got up in the morning, I got myself dressed for school in the distasteful, putrid-looking chocolate-brown pleated skirt and blouse that the nuns had given me. It hung on me almost three sizes too big. Another oversight of my father's. My mother would never have done this to me. But of course, Dad never cared. I made my way into the kitchen to fix myself my usual bowl of cereal and taking the bowl out of the corner cupboard caught the reflection of my dad standing behind me. He reached over in front of me and closed the cupboard door abruptly. Then taking the bowl from my hand and the box of cereal proceeded to make my breakfast. Right, eat that before the cornflakes go soggy. I don't want you to be late for school. Make sure you come home in time tonight. We have got a lot of ground to cover when you get back. I hope you get on okay today. If you have any problems, let me know. Your report was good. Well done, he said, making himself a cup of coffee. He was acting strange, almost as if he was trying to be pleasant. It didn't suit him. Okay, I replied. I really didn't know what else to say. I ate my cornflakes as quickly as possible at the dining table, hardly chewing at all. I couldn't think straight as I couldn't work out why he was being so nice to me. So I grabbed my bag and walked right out of the front door. My father said goodbye, but both said nothing. As I left the apartment, I walked a little more confidently down the front path and passed a set of bins that were tucked under the black railing across the front of all the apartments. Quietly, hidden away from sight, I rested there for five minutes to catch my breath. Opening my school bag to take out my bottle of water to cool myself down from all my anxiety, it was then that I noticed small fragments of paper all over the inside lining of my satchel. It was like a dog had savaged paper to pieces and dropped it all over my school books. Rachel Summers was reading from Amanda Neal's new novel, Changing Sky. Further editions on Fridays on Brooklyn's Radio at 715 